Welcome to Peace by Believing. My name is John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about loneliness. Now, loneliness is a problem that so many people face. In fact, the truth is we've all probably had seasons of loneliness in our life. And so maybe today you find yourself, as we begin a new year, somewhat lonely and feeling cut off and separated from people you've been with in the past. And so I'm praying today's program will be a real blessing to you. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to open it to Psalm 102. We're going to be looking at some fantastic verses there, and I think they will be a blessing to your heart. If you'll open your Bibles to Psalm 102, I want to talk with you for just a few minutes today about loneliness and uh, how to handle loneliness. And it's a real issue and it's a real problem. In fact, I read where a Swiss psychiatrist said that loneliness is the major and the most devastating malady of the day and age in which we live. In other words, from his perspective, more people struggle with loneliness than from anything else. Someone has said that 80% of people who visit psychiatrists have loneliness as their root problem. And so when they go to visit their counselor or their pastor or their psychiatrist, they may begin describing lots of other problems, but when they begin to peel the layers off of that onion, at the root of it, someone has said 80% of the time, the cause is loneliness. And so loneliness can really be a problem. Now, anytime I'm talking on a subject like this, I think it's always wise at the beginning to try to define or explain what it, what the topic, what is lone, what do we mean by loneliness? And so let me try to do that, first of all, by explaining what loneliness isn't. Loneliness isn't being alone. I think sometimes people feel like, well, I spent a lot of time alone and so therefore I'm lonely. Or maybe you look at another person and maybe they live alone or they just seem to be alone a lot of the time. And you might think, well, that person is probably uh, alone. You know, they struggle with loneliness. Just because you're alone, that doesn't mean you're lonely. In fact, we know from the Bible that being alone and spending time alone can actually be a good thing and it can be a healthy thing. In the Old Testament, we read that Moses spent lots of time alone. In fact, he spent 40 years uh, pretty much alone on the backside of a, of a desert there. He had his time alone when he went up on that mountain with God to get the Ten Commandments. For 40 days, Moses was all alone. We read that King David, even before he became the king, when he was a young man, he was a shepherd in Bethlehem, and he spent lots of time alone. He was there on, the, on those uh, hillsides in Bethlehem, tending his sheep, and uh, a lot of time in the morning, a lot of time late at night, no one to talk to but God, and so, but he, he was alone but I don't know that you could automatically say, therefore, he was lonely. We come to the New Testament, we read about even Jesus. Jesus spent considerable amounts of time alone, all by himself. In fact, there's one verse in the Bible that says, on one particular day, Jesus got up a long time before daylight, and he went out to a solitary place, 
And there he prayed. Jesus was always trying to be alone with the Father. So being alone and being lonely are two different things. I think about the Apostle Paul. He spent much of his life, after he was, became a Christian, much of his life he spent alone, alone in prisons, alone in different circumstances. And yet Paul, I don't know that you could look at Paul's life and say he was lonely. I'm sure he had moments of it. But his main issue was that he just spent a lot of time alone. So what I'm saying today, just because you may be alone a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely. And just because somebody else is alone doesn't mean that they're lonely. Conversely, let me add to that. I've just noticed in my own life, sometimes my most lonely experiences have been when I'm with a lot of other people. That's a strange thing. But sometimes you can be around 10 or 20 or 30 other people and you're around all these people, and yet for whatever reason, you feel lonely. And it's not because you're alone, because you're not alone. And on the other side, on the other hand of that, uh, the other side of that coin, there have been a lot of times, and there are a lot of times in my life when I am all alone. I mean, it's just me and God. And yet, typically, I don't feel lonely. So don't think that people are the cure for loneliness. They can help, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But they're, in and of themselves, they're not the cure. So loneliness, first of all, is not being alone. A, a second thing, loneliness is not being lonesome. I think sometimes we feel, what I would just call, we feel lonesome. For example, if you're a businessman or a businesswoman, and you travel from time to time on a business trip, and so you fly from Houston to Atlanta or to Seattle or wherever, and you're there for a week on business, you're separated from your spouse, your kids aren't there, your close friends aren't there, you're up there, and you feel lonesome in the sense that you miss your family, and you miss your friends, you're lonesome, but just because you're lonesome, that's not the same thing as being lonely. And so that leads us up to the question, well, then what is loneliness? If it's not just being alone, and if it's not just having feelings of lonesomeness, and it like, what is it? What, what is this whole problem of loneliness? The best definition that I've ever read of, of loneliness is simply this. It is when you feel cut off when you feel isolated, when you feel separated from family or friends, you, you, just, you just feel like you don't fit in or you, you, I, I just think cut off is the best word that I can think of for that. That's what loneliness is and that's what the people are saying that so many people are struggling with. They just feel like they don't really fit in. I think, for example, if we were going to categorize people who would be candidates for loneliness, having those feelings of cut off, being cut off and being isolated, I think, for example, about people who've been married 40 and 50 and 60 years. And for all those years, they have, it has been a couple's world. I, I remember when my grandmother died on my dad's side of the family. And uh, my grandfather had a real difficult time trying to readjust, or not readjust, but to adjust into being single and being a, a widower after he had been married for well over 50 years. And he, he said to me on several occasions, he said, John, it's a couple's world out there. And for all these years, your grandmother and I, we went camping. They used to, know, they used to own an Airstream trailer, and they'd go to Florida for months at a time. They'd go to North Georgia for extended periods of time. They'd come to Texas and visit us. And so they did everything together, and they had a little group of people sometimes they would travel with, and they were all couples, and they did all these things. And then my grandmother died, and my granddad 
all of a sudden felt cut off. He felt isolated, and he felt very, very lonely. Now, in Psalm 102, I think we can all relate to that, even if you've not lost a spouse of 50 or 60 years. The psalmist, uh, I don't think, had gone through that experience, but in verse number 6, listen what the psalmist says. He said, I am like a pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. An owl is always by himself. Out there in the desert, somebody said, I feel like an owl. Nobody gives a hoot. So uh, I wanted to get that in there today. But, um, but that's how probably, you know, when you're feeling cut off and you're feeling separated and you're having all that, you're feeling unnoticed, you're feeling unneeded, you're feeling unnecessary. I think so. You know, studies tell us that if a, when a man retires from his career, from his job, a large percentage of men die within two years of having retired. Now, why is this? You say, well, they, you know, they got bad, they had a heart attack or they developed cancer. Well, in some cases, but I don't think you could just say across the board, all of a sudden these men were healthy and then they retired and then all of a sudden their health just went down. And they, I think what happens, and I think studies bear this out, if you have had a career for 30 or 40 years, you wake up every day, you go to work, this business, this, this, this entity depends on you, they value you, they look to you, what do you think we should do on this? You have interaction with your colleagues, and then all of a sudden you retire, and now you don't have that. I think some, now some people make the adjustment into retirement very well, they never have a problem. Other people, I don't think they ever make the adjustment. And one reason is they don't feel needed. They don't feel necessary. Nobody's calling them or asking their opinions on anything. And that can result in feeling lonely. And if it's not dealt with, it can lead to depression. And then we have all kinds of is other issues going on like that. So loneliness is a real problem. And the psalmist said, hey, I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. Look in verse 7. I lie awake. And am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. And so the psalmist is saying, I just feel cut off and I feel all alone. Now, what causes uh, loneliness? I think there are a lot of causes. For one thing, just would be circumstances, as I have mentioned. You lost a spouse. You retired. You moved to another city. Your, ki your kids or your family moved. Something happened like that. And so circumstances has, have caused that. I think another thing that causes loneliness that maybe those of us here today might not think about because it probably doesn't really apply to us, but it does apply to a lot of people whom we know and love, would be suffering. A lot of people, if maybe they have a stroke, maybe they have some other problem. We have a lot of people in our church who 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I first came on staff, they were very active. They were at every service. They, never, they were at the Tuesday Bible lunch, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They were the ones going to Israel. They were doing all these things. And now their health has failed them. And they are confined to their homes. Some of them are confined now to nursing homes. And... When you maybe go visit them, you're aware of their physical problems, but unless you have ever had a taste of loneliness, you might not be in touch to the fact that their greatest problem is probably not even physical. Their greatest problem is they, they feel cut off from their church, from their family, from their friends, and they can go for days, weeks, and even months on end without anybody coming to visit them or encourage them or 
And they just feel like, and so they have physical suffering. I think about Billy Graham, almost 100 years old now. And for so many years of his life, he was in good health. He was active. He was preaching. He was traveling everywhere. And everybody was interviewing Billy Graham. And, he was all, and now he's confined to his home. Uh, his health has really deteriorated. And I'm sure if he could speak to us today, he would say, what John is saying is right. On top of the physical problems that I'm having to battle, He's, I think he would say one of the greatest struggles I have is that from time to time, I, or maybe more than time, to, I just feel cut off and I just feel lonely. It's kind, I think he might would say to us or somebody in that situation, it's just kind of like everybody else is out there living their lives and life goes on and yet here I am and I'm just kind of watching everybody else live and I'm not really living like I used to. They're living they're taking trips and going places and doing things, but here I am because of this suffering or this circumstance or this sorrow or whatever it might be. And so the person says, now I just feel lonely. And so the question is, when we feel like that, and by the way, just normally we don't, I wouldn't ask this on a Tuesday. How many of you here today would say there have ever been times in your life where you felt, let me redefine it, at least to some extent, Cut off, isolated, maybe unnecessary, maybe unneeded, but for sure you had these feelings of loneliness. Would you just raise your hand? Okay, that's, a, that's, that's most everybody. I think maybe 90, 85-90% of the people said that. So the question is, how do we, what do we do when we feel that way? Well, turn back to Psalm 68. I want to show you a verse because if I just give you the uh, diagnosis and don't give you the cure, we're all going to leave here depressed. And we're going to say, man, how was the lunch John gave? Well, it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, it just put me into depression. Well, I don't want to put you in depression. I want to lift you out. But sometimes we have to define the problem before we can treat it. So when you feel that way, I think one of the things that God has put in place to help us with those feelings of loneliness is the body of Christ. Psalm 68 in verse number 6. It says, God sets the solitary in families. Say that with me. God sets the solitary in families. Now, certainly it can mean fam like what we would think of families, marriage, kids, and those, that, that's the traditional family. But I think also in this setting, it's talking about the family of God. If you look up in verse 5, it's talking about God, and it says, He is the Father of of the fatherless. I use that in a lot of funerals I do when someone has lost their father. And then it says, a defender of widows. Uh, so God takes care of the widow. And it says, is God in His holy habitation? And God sets the solitaries in family, families. And so it's like God is looking down from heaven at, and He's identifying lonely people. Here's a pelican. Here's an owl. Here's a sparrow. Here's a person who feels cut off and isolated and unneeded and they just about can't handle this. And God's looking down from heaven and God says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to set this pelican, this owl, this sparrow, I'm going to set them in families, maybe biological families, maybe extended families, but certainly it would include for us today in the New Testament times, the church family. This is one of the reasons, whether you come to our church or some other church, I mean, this is one of the great things about the Tuesday Bible Lunch. We get to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ. No man is an island, and we, we do better going through life with each other 
than we do going through life, uh, life by ourselves. And so I think of times in my own life when I've maybe had a little loneliness and how God has, this person has called, this person came over, this person said, John, let's go do whatever. And uh, tr- some of them here today, tremendous blessing in my life. And so uh, be thankful for your friends. Somebody has said if you have one or two true friends, you are blessed. And most of us probably have a lot of acquaintances But how many true friends do you have? Well, if you have one or two that you could call 24 hours a day and they would take your call and they would do anything within their power to listen to you or to help you, you're blessed. So when we have loneliness, don't forget the obvious other Christian people. And don't take them for granted. Your family members, your spouse if you're married, your kids, don't take them for granted because they're part of the cure for loneliness. But the greatest cure is not even other Christians. The greatest cure, of course, is Jesus Christ himself. Someone has said that Jesus alone is the cure for loneliness. And I could talk about that for so long, but it is so very true that in all of our lives, sometimes we have these feelings of loneliness. Folks, the only person who can make those go away or who can see us through those times is Jesus Christ. I think about the Apostle Paul. He's writing 2 Timothy, which was his very last letter. He's in a Roman prison. He's about to die. He knew he was about to die. And he's reflecting on his life and people who have come and gone. And that's kind of how life is. You know, you have friends. Some friends are for a season. And maybe there's one or two that's with you the whole way. But uh, most of them's not like that. Most, life is very transient in nature. But Paul, looking back on his life, he, he said, You know, the last time I was on trial... He said, everybody forsook me. All my friends left me. And then he said this, but the Lord stood with me. And so if you have Jesus, you have in him the cure for loneliness. Because with Jesus, you, as one of my favorite pastors says, you might be lonely at times, but you are never alone. You're never alone. Sometimes lonely. Yeah, we sometimes feel that, but we're never alone. When I was in seminary, I graduated from college in 1992 and went to Baylor, and then I went to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth and started in the fall of 92 and was there through the spring of 95 getting my master's degree and had a great experience up there. It really was. But as I look back on that season of my life, especially my first year in seminary, I would have to say it was one of the loneliest times that I ever had in my life. One of the reasons was in college, there's just something about the college life that is just social. I mean, it's just you live in a dorm. Everything is around people. It's just social. When I got to seminary, I noticed that most everybody was married, and I wasn't. And so they were in their couple's world, and I was in my single world. And, uh, and I just had a little bit of a hard time making that adjustment from a more integrated social life to an isolated seminary life there at, in Fort Worth. And it really was very difficult for me. In fact, not to take too much time on this, but I went, I, I went through a period of time I had trouble sleeping. I lost about 15 pounds. I was, I don't know that you would say I was depressed. If I wasn't depressed, I was in the zip code of being depressed. I mean, I was getting close to depressed. Here's depressed. I was right moving toward it. I was having a hard time. And I was pray about this and talk to God and, and just, you know, I was really struggling. I, I was content. There was, it's strange. I was content because I knew I was where I was supposed to be. But I was lonely. 
And I, I never will. That went on for about four or five months. And one Thursday night, I was in my apartment and had just had, uh, had, just had dinner, which consisted of heating up the meatloaf from the TV dinner. And uh, that was my dinner. And then I was heading out to the library to study. First time this had ever happened to me, and it's happened many times since, but this is the first time I ever remember it happening to me. I was walking out the door, and God spoke to my heart, and He said, go back in the apartment, get a piece of paper and a pen, and I'm going to give you some things to write down. Now, He didn't say it audibly, but that's what I felt in my heart. I went back in my apartment. I got a little notepad about this size. I can, it was blue. I can still remember. And I opened it up, and I sat down. And I just began to write out some things that I felt like God had been showing me during this season of loneliness in my life. And I wrote out six things. And don't worry, I'm not going to do six. I'm not even going to mention but two of them today. And then I'll let you go. And I may come back. I, I, I preached this sermon in Pasadena in 1993, actually. First time I dealt with it at the old location. These six things God showed me. But I want to just mention two today, and then we're going to go up. But for those of you here today who say, you know, John, I'm glad I came to Tuesday Bible lunch because I've been hanging on every word you've been saying. These feelings that you have described, isolation, cut off, unnecessary, like I don't fit in. I'm feeling that. What do I do? God gave me six things and I wrote them down. I'm just going to share the first two of them today. This helped me so much in my loneliness and I believe it will help you. Number one, I wrote it down in 1993. God is absolutely in control of my life. If you believe that, say amen. Now, what does that mean as far as loneliness? It means this. If you're lonely, whatever reason that you're lonely, whatever has caused your loneliness, God has allowed that thing to happen. And so, it brings me peace, okay? It is what it is. I am where I am. I'm going through what I'm going through. And I find great comforting knowing that God has allowed it. As a Christian, nothing comes into our life that is not first sifted through God's hands. The second thing that I wrote down that day, and it, has, it helped me so much, and it has helped me in the last 23 years since. Here it is, number two. I think I wrote it like this. In my valley, I wrote it this way. In my valley, comma, although I have lost so much, comma, Jesus is all I need. And so if you can't remember those first two phrases, just remember Jesus is all I need. And so today when you walk out of here, you say, man, I'm glad he dealt with that loneliness because I've been feeling some of that. The first thing I want to say to you, God is in control. And the second thing, if you're saved, you still have Jesus. And maybe, it may be, I think it was in my case, that God has allowed this situation that's caused you to feel lonely. Maybe he's allowed you to go through that so that Jesus Christ, I'm saying the person of Jesus Christ, would become more real to you than he's ever been in all your life. You know, I believe with all of my heart that anything that brings us closer to God is a good thing, even if that involves seasons of loneliness. And today, you may be in one of those seasons where you just feel so very lonely and so very alone. And 
I think the wisest thing you could do, if that describes you, is just to turn to God today in a fresh way. If you have never been saved today, just to open up your heart and say, Lord, please come into my life and make me a Christian. If you're already saved, just say, God, I need an unusual awareness of your presence in my life. God, I know I'm saved, and the Bible says you're always with me, so I'm never alone. But God, I need you to just make your presence extra real. Give me an awareness of your presence today. I would encourage you to visit our website at Peace by Believing. That's just one word, peacebybelieving.org. And then scroll down to the Spiritual Growth tab and you'll find some booklets on there. And one of them is entitled Never Alone. Check it out this week. Read it. I pray it'll be a blessing to you. Peace by Believing is an extension of the ministry of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you would like more information on how you can have peace with God, go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, and click on the Spiritual Growth tab. If you've received God's peace today by trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for listening today, and we pray that you have a blessed week.